Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the University of Adversity. Super grateful to have you here today. If you aren't subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure to do so wherever you're listening to this. Or if you want to watch this on YouTube, go ahead over there and subscribe and hit the bell to stay notified. When you're subscribed to the show, it just means you don't have to think about it and it's downloaded right away. And you guys know this is the place to come where you either hear an incredible inspirational story or we dive into an area of expertise and we pull out all the gold so that you can take the tools, tips, resources, and hacks and apply them in your own life when you face adversity. That's the whole point is to give you guys the perspective shift and to give you the tools that you can actually use today to move forward when adversity hits. There's a term that gets thrown around. It's called narcissism. Narcissist. You guys have probably heard it. Also gaslighting. These kind of go hand in hand sometimes. And for the longest time, I didn't really understand what narcissism meant. But now I do. And I've started to learn more about it the last year or two. And it just so happens that today's guest is an expert in the field of narcissism and negotiation. My friend Rebecca Zung is joining us today. We met last year at a mastermind in Orlando. And I've wanted to have her on since. She's been crushing it on some major big stages. Her social media or YouTube is blowing up and I highly recommend you guys checking it out, following her. She got some really good, useful advice on there that can help you, right? With identifying what these narcissists are and how they show up in life. Rebecca is one of the top 1% attorneys. She's a narcissist negotiation expert, as I mentioned. She's authored many best-selling books and is a major media personality. She has been recognized by U.S. News and World Report as the best lawyer in America, as legal elite by Trend Magazine, and was recognized by her peers in judiciary as AV permanent rated in family law. Things to listen to or be aware of in this episode that you'll learn about. Number one, what is narcissism? Number two, how do you know when a person is unhealthy for you? You ever thought about that? A few ways to negotiate with a narcissist when you must. How to stop being a narcissist if you are showing up that way in your life. And finally, understanding the term gaslighting, how it shows up for in your life and how to identify it so that you know and yeah, you're just, you just know what, it, what to look for. That's the awareness we create helps us identify when it shows up. So this is a great episode. Highly recommend you guys listen to this right till the end. I know you always do, but pay attention right till the end for this one. It's worth it. Lots of great information. And as always, if you guys get value from this, share it, tag us on social media, on Instagram. I love seeing that. And if you guys can, it really helps. If you haven't reviewed the podcast on Apple yet, please do so. I'm greatly appreciated to see how it's impacting you. And most importantly, I love you guys. All right. Enjoy the episode with Rebecca Zung, and it is called, I just want to say it because I love this title, How to Win Every Negotiation with a Narcissist. Enjoy. 
Here we go. Rebecca, welcome to University of Adversity. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Super excited to have you on. We just had a, a, a big pre-chat before to get warmed up. And, you know, I've been really interested with your work since we met last year. And I was really interested in, you know, your area of focus around narcissism and being a narcissism negotiation expert. And that word is something that I didn't really even understand what it was three years ago, four years ago. But I've been hearing it more the last couple of years. And I think people are starting to understand it better. But what I'd love to know if you could just to kick things off, what is a narcissist and why did you choose that to be your area of focus in your life right now? Yeah, both really, really great questions. And the way I like to describe a narcissist, because I think it, it makes it really present for people, is a person who you have to picture a person who feels like they have no inner sense of value. And I always say feels like they do, because I believe that all human beings are inherently very, very, very valuable. Mm. But this is a person who feels like they don't have any inner sense of value. So you have to picture a person who feels almost as if they're like starving or gasping for breath, like desperate to survive. And so like, it's almost like they have a black hole inside of them and it's like, cannot be filled. And so they, they're constantly trying to fill it all the time from external sources. And so they might, they, they might want you to fill it and you might want to fill it too, but it cannot be filled. So it's, it's, you know, survival to the utmost extreme all the time, scarcity to the utmost extreme all the time. And that's why they cannot feel anything about you that's why they have no sense of empathy because they're in constant survival mode the time, constantly. You know, if somebody is, you know, just picture like, in, in, you know, there's been an avalanche or something and they're like in desperate survival mode and they can't, you know, like they're in starvation mode. They, you know, they, they cannot... They're, they're, they're trying to survive. And that's why they're, you know, they're, they can't share anything. They don't want to give anything because they're in this constant scarcity mode to the utmost extreme all the time. And it cannot be fixed. It cannot be cured. So that, that's how I really describe it. I mean, I think that makes it really present for people. So what 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 is it about that that made you so intrigued to oh yeah so because it's such an interesting area yeah and 
Well, and and yeah, so what, what made me get into it? Well, first of all, there's so many of them. I mean, I, I love Brene Brown's quote where she said you could swing a cat and hit a narcissist. I mean, like, there's so many. Really how it started for me was just a few years ago when I realized that I was in a business partnership with a person separate from my law practice who ended up to be a covert narcissist. So just, you know, about five years ago, I had, well, I had a very, very thriving law practice in, and about five years ago, I decided to merge my practice with two other guys who are absolutely wonderful and who I'm still partners with today. And just and because I really realized I was more of an entrepreneur at heart and my daughter was in, you know, just starting high school and I wanted to do other things. I wanted to spend more time with her. And so I branched out into some other entrepreneurial ventures. And in one of those ventures, I ended up, unfortunately, in a partnership with somebody who turned out to be a covert narcissist. And I never had heard that term before. I didn't know what that was. I just knew that this person ended up to be, it was a miserable, horrible nightmare of, of an experience. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I just know that I ended up you know, sleepless nights. It was extremely, extremely painful. And I ended up actually having like this aha moment where I talk about this actually, where I was actually in, in Hawaii and I was with my family and we went, we went and climbed up this mountain in in Holly, and it was like morning. You go see the sunrise up there, and it's gorgeous and beautiful. And during this time when I was still dealing with this person, and you go up there, and it's like heaven on earth. And I'm up there, and my daughter, who was 17 at the time, she's now 20, she says, Oh, mom, it's heaven on earth. And I'm like, Yeah, and I'm here with my husband and my daughter, two people I love the most. And what do I think of at that time? This freaking narcissist. And I had this aha moment of, oh my God, like, no, 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 no. Like, you don't get to be here mm. on heaven, on earth. Like, no, you know, like if I allow this person this space, then I am allowing myself to be a victim and I, I'm not being a victor. I'm not being a creator. And I'm in that moment, I just decided that I'm not giving this person any more space in my head at all. And in that moment, I decided to get out of that toxic relationship. And I always say the person who walked up that mountain was not the person who walked down that mountain. And I just decided no matter what, I was getting out in that relationship. And I decided to finish the negotiation book that I had already started. And I, it was done within six weeks. And so Negotiate Like You Matter was done. 
And I still didn't realize this person was a narcissist at that time, by the way. I sent it out for testimonials. Robert Shapiro was one of the person, people that I asked for a testimonial. I didn't even know him. He ended up offering to write the foreword of the book. Like magic started to happen. It, it became an Amazon number one bestseller on the day that it was released. You know, like magic started to happen just because I made a decision to get out of that relationship. Mm. So like this is, so that was September of 19, that book was released. And then somewhere around that time, like fall of 19, somebody mentioned to me that they thought that person was a covert narcissist. And so I was like, what is that? So I get this book, Covert Passive Aggressive Narcissist. I start reading it. And around that time, I was starting to do YouTube videos on negotiation in general. Right. Like, you know, how to negotiate to get a pay raise, how to get, you know, whatever. Those videos were getting like 30 views. Like, seriously, they were just like my mom and her church friends. Like, nobody was watching them. Like, not that my mom's nobody, but, you know, like. Yeah, I know what you I, mean. The YouTube yeah, like, when no, early like, days were like, nobody watches, I know. Yeah, it's like my mom and, you know. And so then I read this book. And I, and at the time I was still practicing law a, a bit and, you know, it was pre COVID and I was, and I had already been lecturing on negotiation for years and I thought, oh my God, I, I started reading tons of books on narcissism because I thought, oh my God, this person is definitely a narcissist. Wow. So I did one video on how to negotiate with a narcissist and all of a sudden it had like 600 and something views. And now I realized, okay, this is like a thing. Mm. And I, I, but you know, to be honest with you, I said to my husband, I don't really know if I want to be the narcissism queen. Like, I don't know if I want to like talk about this all the time. Mm. And, but then and to be honest with you, I didn't really know if I wanted to like tell people that I had been a victim of a narcissist because like I was supposed to be like the badass attorney, like mm -hmm. strong, you know, like it was sort of like, you know, but I sort of decided to get over the blame and shame yeah. and just be honest and authentic about my story and, and just tell people. And it sort of like, Hey, if it could happen to me, it could happen to anybody. Yeah. And, and narcissists don't attach themselves to you because you have so little value. They attach themselves to you because you have so much. And that's, you know, they, they, they want that shiny object they want that valuable thing you know and they're very good at what they do they're very good at what they do mm. so that anyway that's why that's my why i believe it's my mission on a more spiritual level i believe it happened to me for a reason and i believe that i was chosen in a way do you feel that when you started to really 
kind of be vulnerable and open up that that's when a lot of people could connect with you more as well. Yeah. I know you want to have this like facade of like, I, I, nothing gets me down. Yeah. And at the same time, I'm sure that people gravitated towards you more when they started to know there's more of a human connection with you. I do believe that. I do believe that. And I believe that because people do know like, oh, could it happen to her? Like, you know, and, and, and I, I believe that it's my why, you know, you know, Simon Sinek talks about start with why, you know, and, and, and that is my why. It's why I do it. It's yeah. why I care so much. It's why I, it's my passion. It's, it's, you know, I don't just do this because, you know, I don't, I could be a very successful attorney, you know, I mean, I don't need to be doing this. I do this because I, I deeply help people. Yeah. And this is, I mean, there's a lot of narcissists in the world and people need to be able to understand what, what it is. And I guess my next question is how does somebody know that they're dealing with it? Like, what are some like red flags that are like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, like, because it's great that you educate people on this because otherwise, how is anybody going to know? And how's anybody going to like be able to pick up these signs when they happen right away even? Yeah. And it's super important. So what would you say would be like something that you, that somebody can see or identify right away? Yeah. Well, it's a person who's extremely, extremely charming, like probably the most charming person of all person you've ever met initially. I mean, and they make you feel like you are the most incredible, special human being. Like over the top, like too much almost. Like you're like. Yeah. I mean, it's like the stars have aligned okay. initially, you know, business or person, personal, it doesn't matter. Like where has this person been all my life? initially coupled with they want to rush the relationship to whatever the next level level is right away i mean so lock you in mm -hmm. to something let's get be business partners let's move in together let's you know write a book together let's beat the family Let's do a podcast. Let's, you know, they want to lock you in to something right away that gets you, you know, where you are stuck with this person right away and, and you can't get out easily. So, you know, that, that's a red flag. Yeah, I'm just thinking about I always, I started to think about all the areas of my life where I met people like that, where you're like, whoa, 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 easy, take it easy. Right. And <laughs> like, then, relax. And then when you try to say, whoa, 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 take it easy, relax, mm. normal people would say, sure, you know, yeah. take time or whatever. The narcissist is just like, why wait? 
this, there's no reason to wait. You know, this is perfect. The stars have aligned, you know, now's a good time. You know, if we wait, then this, you know, like they don't want to wait. Do you, do you think it, does it feel like something's off or are they so good in the beginning that they actually make you believe that nothing is off? Cause I'm sure there's some that are like so convincing that you're like, wow. But then there's some that would probably be like, something's off about you. Well, if you feel like something's off yeah, and you question it, then they, they, they make you feel like whatever it is that was off, they allay your concerns right away. You know, you try to say, well, what, what about this? Or let, you know, they, they say, oh, come on, you know, like whatever it is, you know, they put that to rest, you know. Is there, is there like a, a spectrum of narcissists? Yeah, because for sure. I was thinking about this and I remember even after we met last year and, you know, just hearing that word, I started to ask myself, like, am I a narcissist? Have I been in certain ways? Because I started to wonder, I'm like, I mean, I haven't been perfect. And like, maybe I have been in certain ways. And I'm just curious as to like the spectrum of, do some of us have it in us? You know, yeah, like- we all have times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely a spectrum. Yeah. For sure. And, 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 and for sure, we all want to feel seen, heard, and know that we matter. And that doesn't make you a narcissist. That just makes you a human being, mm. you know? So that doesn't, that's not narcissism, you know? And, and of course, there are all times, there are always times that we have our moments of being selfish or our moments of being self-centered or whatever. But, you know, if you can be self-aware, yeah. you can apologize. If you can say, I'm willing to take a look at myself. If you can say, I'm willing to go to therapy and, you know, or whatever it is that needs to be done, you know, the, the narcissist does ne doesn't ever want to take a look under that rock, you know. So it's almost like, a regular, a person that may have, you know, times of being narcissistic, they're able to pull it back, have the awareness and be like, okay, like I'm able to, you know, take accountability or Correct. take ownership. But exactly. what you're saying is that somebody that is a true narcissist doesn't have that filter. And it's like, there's no awareness. There's no self, there's no accountability. Right. They don't never, they never want to take responsibility for anything. Mm. It's always deflect, you know, push the blame onto somebody else. It's they, they never, you know, because it's that full on scarcity mentality. I, I can never be held responsible. I can never apologize. I can never put that on myself, you know, ever. I mean, because it's, but you know, if they do, they have so much shame. They have so much shame that they just can't. They just can't. So, yeah. Would you say then that it would be essentially trauma? Like they've gone through some extreme trauma and they yeah. have never really 
maybe not even been aware that they have this problem or? Well, so they believe that, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's something that happened in childhood and it can be extreme trauma. It can be, it can actually even be too much indulgence as a child too. I've heard that. Like spoil, like being a spoiled yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. Not having any consequences for your behavior. Exactly. Exactly. And then as you get older, you start to think that if it doesn't go your way, then it's okay. Right. Like have tantrums and that. Kind yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. They're big toddlers in a lot of ways. What would you say would be like, I, I'm curious as to like what the, like what would happen, like what kind of trauma is the most, like which from what, from what you've learned about it, like what, what, what breeds the most narcissist is what I was trying to say. I couldn't get the words out. Like what? Yeah, I'm not, that's like, what I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure about, you know, I mean, it's interesting. I, yeah, yeah, that I don't know that I don't know, but I do know that it has to do with trauma, you know, when you're in your formative years, you know, five, six, seven years old, something like that. Mm. You know, when you're a child, that I know. Uh, and, you know, it's definitely not genetic. You're not born as a narcissist. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, I think about my old stepmom. <laughs> like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Over the top, the over the top, like trying to like get in there and get to sink the teeth in and like hold on and not let, you know, it's, it just like right. dropped back all these memories for me. Right. And then there's, <laughs> you know, there's different kinds, covert and overt, but you know, they manifest themselves the same as far as how they behave. And so, you know, what I figured out is how to negotiate with them. Right. And, that's really why I believe my channel has blown up and, and, you know, what my specialty has become because I was already teaching about how to negotiate for so long. And, you know, so I'm the only lawyer that's teaching that on a, on the scale that, that I, you know, that I am. And, and I believe that that's why, you know, I have, no, two million views a month on my YouTube channel. Yeah, it's amazing. How do you determine then, like, which topics you you make so many awesome videos, and your growth has just been amazing? How do you determine on which area you're going to talk about, or which specific point you're going to make? Like, how do you find, like, what you know, what inspires you to make certain videos on certain things around this? You know, it's a very uh, varied. It just depends. You know, I might see something that interests me or somebody might write in, you know, we have, I now have several full-time virtual assistants that help me. I mean, I have so much mail that comes in yeah. at this point that I have several full-time virtual assistants that help me, but you know, I, questions that come in yeah and you know so if we get the same question over and over again i think oh you know maybe i'll make some content around that you know so i think that 
sometimes they'll help or, you know, there's a lot of different places that I'll, I'll get inspired by content. So, I mean, there's really endless content at yeah. this point. So, you know, I, I, I never am at a shortage for ideas. I don't, you know, I just recently started TikTok just like a month ago because I was like, I don't really know how to do TikTok. I thought, I don't know, you know, but I was like, hey, I know I need to do and get into that game, but, you know, but it just recently started doing that. And so, you know, that's been fun to do, mm -hmm. but, you know, so it's been quite the, the the crazy journey for me if yeah. so if somebody is dealing with a narcissist in their life what are three steps that they can do to start negotiating that you that they could maybe think about or like what is some of the formula that you would teach yeah so one of the things that you know I want to say is realize that they've been conditioning you from the beginning. Everything they do is a manipulation. Everything. And they, they've been conditioning you from the beginning. So when you are going to negotiate with them, you know, one of the hardest things that you have to do is just get over the fear of negotiating with them. And, you know, so the first thing that I teach, you know, I have this free masterclass that I do, which is a three must have secrets to communicating with them. And, you know, one of the first things that I teach in the communication is how to put up boundaries. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, you want to stop the, the, the conditioning of that's like the very first thing is how to stop that conditioning and how to put up those boundaries. And they're not going to like it. They're not going to like it. And it's going to be hard for you because, you, you know, that, that mentally, it, that fear of, of, oh, my God, what's the backlash going to be? So I give, you know, lots and lots of ways to put up those boundaries. But that's really the first thing to do is start putting up those boundaries and then not, not wavering on what those boundaries are going to be. So one of the ways to have a boundary is one form of communication, just one, because they want to light you up with 50 different ways of communicating, you know, your DMs, your texts, you know, showing up at your house or office, you know, like flooding you especially when you want to have one form of communication, you know, they'll be, oh, why do we have to do that? Why do you have to be so rigid? You know, let's, let's meet up at Starbucks. Let's do this. They'll show up, uh, you know, like, and you got to stick with one form. And, and I always say, you know, make it something that you can use potentially as a trial exhibit at some point. So I like email because email has a time and date stamp, you know, can't be manipulated. You know, texts can always be manipulated, you know, phone calls and things like that are, are very easily something that you can use. You know, audio is you always something that can be admissible in court. So I like email or if you have children, a court approved app like Our Family Wizard, something like that. So that's one of the first things that I tell people is boundaries. Mm. So, Yeah. That's usually like probably one of the hardest things for people to do, right? 
yeah set these boundaries for themselves yeah but that's like a really good first step you know so in slay my slay methodology which is stands for strategy leverage anticipate and focus on you which i actually was able to get the trademark on the word slay wow I actually own the word slay. But the first thing in strategy is to create a vision. Where do you want to go? And after, of course, you do your vision, I have action steps and all that sort of thing. But, you know, it's the hardest thing for people sometimes when I ask them, what is it that you want? People actually haven't even figured that out because so many times when you're dealing with a narcissist, all you can think about is defending yourself. That's all they've done for years is defend themselves. And what is it that they're doing? And they're doing this and they're doing that. And they've done this and they've lied and they've, and, and, and they've spent so many years just defending themselves that they've actually forgotten or haven't even thought of what the hell it is that they want. Mm. What is it? What's your vision? Where is, where is it that you want to go? And if you don't figure that out, you're sure as hell never going to get there. So what is it that you want? What's, you know, that's the first part of your strategy. What's your vision? So. So interesting. Just thinking about just having what it does to somebody that is trying to manipulate you when you do have boundaries and you do have that self-respect and that self-worth from the get-go. Because it would you say that it would almost repel the narcissist because they know that they can't like infiltrate you because you are like kind of standing in your power? But they do they look for these signs of like, hmm, who can I how can I get in there? Because they see weakness, essentially, right? Is that what a narcissist is looking for? Well, yeah, and they want to keep you weak. So they're like, they're trying to find those holes in you. Yeah, yeah. They want to keep you weak. And if they see somebody that's like clear with their vision, like you said, and they got like these boundaries, then it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with them. I want to go find somebody that I can like easily, you know, well, yeah. around. They'll go find another source of supply. They'll slither on down the road, find another source. They're like vultures. Once this carcass is empty, we'll go find another. How has negotiating for you? Cause this is something that's interesting too. Like, Cause you know, I've heard about like Chris Voss and listening to him about negotiations and that kind of thing. And I know you've talked about it before as well. We talked about it. Like what is the process of negotiating in itself? Like for people, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, because we're always in a negotiation. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's different though, because, you know, empathy, like, you know, he talks about empathy a lot. Empathy to a narcissist is actually giving them narcissistic supply. Mm -hmm. So it's totally the wrong thing if not done tactically the right way. Interesting. For a narcissist. I mean, you can give them empathy, but you have to do it in a different way in a, in a, in, in a negotiation. You have to know that you're doing it. I call it ethically manipulating the manipulator. You know, I mean, so basically you have, so narcissistic supply 
is anything that feeds a narcissist's ego. So in the the leverage piece, L, what I teach is there are actually two different forms of narcissistic supply. So I call it diamond level supply, which is the anything that is how a a narcissist looks. So this is like adulation, big houses, prestigious friends, you know, impressive jobs, career, things like that. And a narcissist will protect and defend diamond level supply at any cost. And then there's what I call coal level supply, which is kind of the dark underbelly of narcissistic supply, which is degrading people, manipulating people, treating people poorly, but, you know, making people miserable. They also love that form of supply, but they, they will let go of that form of supply if they have to in order to protect or defend that diamond level supply. But the reason there's a huge myth when it comes to negotiating with narcissists, and that is that narcissists just want to win. And that's just not true because that only takes into account diamond level supply. It totally forgets about what I call coal level supply, which is manipulating you and jerking you around. And that's why you can't ever get your cases settled in when you're trying to negotiate with narcissists because they love jerking you around. They love that piece of it too. They, and, and so that's why you can't negotiate in a regular reasonable person way with a narcissist. That's why giving them empathy is totally the wrong thing mm. because that's just giving them supply. So you have to figure out a way to basically create leverage, which is going to make the narcissist feel like their diamond level supply might potentially be exposed or, or in in some way be threatened. And And in doing so, then they will let go of their co-level supply, which is jerking you around. And if you do that, then they will, that's how you get the cases resolved. Get it? Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting, there's there's a lot. That's the only way that you get those cases resolved. What if there's a narcissist listening out there and they're like, okay, it's me. I'm a, I'm a narcissist. How, like, I want to fix this. Is there, what can they start to do for themselves? Like, how can they, you know, like, because I'm sure there's people that they get to a point where they're like, oh, okay. I've been called this so many times. Yeah. They have to get, become self-aware. They have to yeah. be willing to go get the work done, go to therapy, go get help, you know, be willing to say, I need support, you know, I'm willing to take a look at who I really am and I want to take responsibility for myself. You know, it's heal your trauma. Mm. 
you know, I, I mean, that's not, not an easy thing to do, but it's a very courageous thing to do. For sure. Right. You know, I mean, I was actually just listening to Ed Milet's episode with Gabby Bernstein about healing from trauma. And, you know, that's what you have to do. Heal that little inner self. And if you're willing to take a look at that, then, you know, you know, that, that, that's the work. That's the work. Yeah. It's the root of everything is that trauma. It's, it's, it's almost like that trauma gets in the way of our truth. It like blocks us. It like, it's, it's, it fogs the lens of how we look at life. Yeah. And it's like, we all have it. And then I feel like narcissists are the ones that have it and then they know how to like see it in people or something and they know how to like it's it's interesting because it's kind of like it's like preying on that intention with intention to do that but maybe do it are they intentionally trying to be like oh i'm gonna do this to this person are they just that programmed that it's almost just part of who they are but are a lot of these people malicious in what they do like or is that their intent or is it just kind of how they operate out of like survival well it's it's out of survival i mean they just don't want to look like they are small you know they feel so small inside but they don't want people to know that they are small so they do whatever they can to look like they are strong, you know, to look like they are winners or whatever. So they push other people down, right? And powerful instead of just being that. Just kind of like you know? owning who they are and, and instead of like trying to overcompensate. Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This this is a this is a great great topic, and I mean, there's this there's so much there, and it's I think it's really important the work that you do for helping people kind of first of all understand what it is, right? Because that word narcissist you hear it a lot these days, and I know. I mean, crazy, right? <laughs> I mean, I was I'm in the process of writing my book for it's supposed to come out next year. And so, you know, I was just writing about how, you know, it, even when I wrote my book in 2019, I didn't even think about putting that much in there about narcissism. I mean, it's just so, there's so much about it now. You know, years ago when I was practicing law, I, I always used to say, that every client would say, my wife's crazy, my husband is controlling. I mean, that's like, those were the words that they would always say. Now everybody's just a narcissist. Like those are the uh, terms that everybody uses. And so like, I don't know if there are more narcissists or we're just more aware of it. I mean, you know, I, I'm not really sure what, what it actually is at this point, but that's, you know, what's happening in, in the world at this point. And so... I, I know that, you know, it's, it's time that we learn how to deal with them in a, in a powerful way. That's for sure. What about the term gaslighting? 
That's another one that I hear a lot. Yeah. So what gaslighting is, is when somebody is trying to make the other person feel like they're crazy by basically, you know, taking their reality and making it something that's not true. So in other words, you know, they'll say to you, we talked about that and you agreed. And you're like, we never had that conversation. Oh, yeah, we talked about that and you agreed to it. And you're, you're like, we totally never had that conversation. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. You know, or you will be looking at a text message that looks very, very suggestive or something. Oh, you're reading way too much into that. You know, you, you know, you're, you're so needy and that's just your paranoia. And, you know, like your reality is not your reality. And, and when you get told this over and over and over again, you start to really believe that you're crazy. There's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of people that do that. Right. But that's another term that was like, gets used a lot. Yeah. And it actually came from a movie called Gaslight in the 30s, where a husband was trying to make his wife feel like she was crazy. And what was happening was that he was blowing out these gaslights. And she would say, wasn't that just lit? And he would say, no. No, it wasn't. Uh, oh, that kind of stuff just gets me so frustrated when people do shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> they question yeah. your intelligence. They like make you actually feel like you're stupid. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. What? And then you start to question yourself. Yeah. So that that's what gaslighting is. It's wild. Yeah. And when it happens to a person who's supposed to love you, you know, uh, and it and it goes on day in and day out for you know twenty years. It's like a cult or something. You know, really, people have PTSD from it. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you, Rebecca. This is I love. I mean, I could talk to you about these things. There's so many different areas, and thank you for sharing this stuff. Where, if people want to learn more about what you do and obviously follow you on Instagram and they want to, what, where can we check you out? Where's the best place to follow and learn more about you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, definitely my YouTube channel. Yeah. Come follow me on my YouTube channel, which is once I I switched over to a professional channel, it had to become Rebecca's song ESQ. By the way, so it's youtube.com, Rebecca Zung, ESQ, or if you just put in negotiating with a narcissist, you will most definitely find me. And then, and my, my Instagram is Rebecca Zung. And then I do have a free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet for people, which is a 15 page ebook. And it's a really, really great freebie. And people can just get that at winmynegotiation.com. That's the URL. It's super easy for people to remember. Winmynegotiation.com. So definitely grab that. Awesome. And, and my, you know, my website is rebeccasong.com. 
Yeah, it's easy to find you. I was searching. It's you pop up here. It's good. Thank it's, you. It's easy to find you. If okay, so one last question before we end. I always like to finish off with this. What advice do you have for somebody that's struggling right now with adversity or with, you know, a narcissist or, you know, something like that in their life? What advice do you have for them today that they can walk away with? I always tell people you and you alone create your value. And, you know, so, you know, just remember that, you know, they only win if you give in. So, you know, don't allow them to define anything about you. And I, you know, I know that the the why and slay comes last, but I always say that it's absolutely the most important thing. And, you know, you and you alone are the one who can absolutely win it. And, and they will never have your soul ever, ever. And your soul knows, your soul knows that it's free. And your soul knows that it was born for so much more. And your soul knows that, you know, there was a one in 400 trillion chance that you were supposed to be here and, and that you were meant for more. And you are so really supposed to be here and you were born to be here and you were born to shine. And your soul is here to, to help people and, and to, and to do great things on this planet. And so this experience with a narcissist is for a reason. And it's because you were meant to use this experience to help people and to create and do exceptional things. And so on the other side of this, you will be so powerful. So, you know, they only win if you give in. You were meant to shine. You were meant to do great things. And today is a great day to start negotiating your best life. Love it. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Please make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast if you like this show. Share it with somebody that you feel needs it. And if you really want to help out, go leave us a review on app. Really, really appreciate it if, if you get value from this. And, you know, just... Spread the word. Also, make sure you subscribe. I'm not sure if I said that. Subscribe to the show if, if you're listening. If you want to go on YouTube, watch us on YouTube. Watch me make all the funny faces I make. We're available there. We're trying to drive traffic. We really slept on YouTube for the first while of this podcast. And we, I'm really wanting to drive traffic there. All right. Much love, everybody. Stay safe. Be strong. Be resilient. You got this. I love you. Catch you next time.